Well, Billy Burke is a natural-born performer who is perhaps most recognized for his role as Charlie Swan, Bella's father, in the hit franchise Twilight and its sequels. He's also known for playing Gary Matheson in the television series 24, and uh, recently uh, Burke played the lead in the series Revolution. His additional television credits include Law & Order, The Closer, The Boys, Mystery Series Fringe. In addition, he had recurring roles on Gilmore Girls. Wait, isn't that a Canadian thing? Is that a Canadian no, thing? no, it's no. The, the two girls that talk real fast. <laughs> and use a lot of words. And Rizzoli and Isles. There's so much stuff this guy's Tons. done here. Recently, he produced and starred in the upcoming feature film. Upcoming. It's out. I wonder where I got this bio from. Divine uh, Access, starring, uh, I don't even know how to say her last name. Sarah, Sarah Shahai. Shahai. And Gary Cole. Not Gary Coleman. What you talking about? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Directed by Stephen Prince. He's going to join us momentarily awesome. uh, on the show as well. Not momentarily. In a while. He also starred in the film Ladder 49 alongside... Joaquin. Joe Quinn Phoenix. Joaquin. <laughs> Chai Chai Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. His other film credits include Forfeit. Fees. Okay, I don't want to read his bio anymore. He's on the line. Billy Burke. Dude, what's going on? Yeah, you were really boring me with that uh, bio, by the way. Holy <laughs> jumping. Like, enough already. It's time to retire, man. You're I, done. I believe I believe it's Sarah Shahi. Oh, Shahi. Yeah, but I could be wrong, too. Wait, is that, um, the, is that the smoking hot one who, like, floats in and out of your brain? That's the one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really, smoking hot. I, I think that's how we, d we uh, defined her in the script as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At Billy underscore Burke is where you want to creep on the guy. At Billy underscore Burke, he's got four billion followers. If I if I may just interject quickly and uh, thank you for uh, oh. playing the uh, the song. I'm pretty sure that's the first time that song's ever been played on any sort of uh, <laughs> radio. Of, of radio or podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we do what we can here. Uh, what I really want to know, I want to get into the music thing because I know you're a music junkie. Um, are you and Kevin Bacon going to tour together? Uh, no. <laughs> However, <laughs> he put out a couple of, like, very strong and encouraging tweets about it. Stuff like, you know, who says uh, stupid actors can't write and sing their own music. You know? Right. Right. I like <laughs> that. By, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, you got some stuff there, man. I mean, you guys, if you and Kevin did a tour, you could be like the Billy Joel, Elton John ticket. Bacon you know? and Burke. I know those are two of your big ones, right? Billy Joel, Elton John, you dig those guys. I grew up on that stuff. It's, uh, it's continues to be major influence for sure yeah. but but they're early stuff though right only the early stuff elton got weird um <laughs> elton got <laughs> weird <laughs> um uh, billy joel actually he's now you know doing uh kind of retouring his his old stuff and is having a resurgence of some kind and it's pretty cool i love it um if you had to pick one instrument for you to play the rest of your life what's it going to be your axe or your keys um it's probably going to be just because you can tote it around, it's probably going to be a guitar. Yeah. What do you got? What's your What's your favorite? A Gibson, a Taylor, or a Yamaha? What do you got? Actually, I have a a, a guitar made by a Canadian company called Larave. You have a Larave. Yes. Nice. nice. Well played. That's yeah. the Godin family, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, that's the prettiest one and sounds the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild stab of some of the recording artists that you've dug over the years. You tell me how accurate this list is. You ready? Yeah, go. Tom Waits, Jackson Brown, Kate Rusby, Ben Folds, Rayla Montagne, 
uh, Patty Griffin, Brandy Carlisle, Amos Lee. Uh, You're the, reading this off of some list that I created somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> This is the psychic hotline. Hello. This is Drew the Crystal Ball. Spoon, Band of Horses, Kings of Leon, Placebo. Which one? Now, when you named your daughter Bluesy, I'm assuming there's got to be a connection to the blues music thing there, unless there's some other story I do not know about. Well, yeah, it kind of came out of the ether. We wanted something musical, um, and that just uh, sort of fell out of her mother's mouth the word blues and you know i said yeah blues bluesy love it if we're going to do that we got to give her a middle name that kind of makes it more sing-songy so uh we called her bluesy larue yeah. there's going to be a folk song written about this girl that is going to be around for centuries bluesy, bluesy LaRue. larue hey billy what what if you'd gotten drafted other than like you know your greatest nightmare happening or worser uh, which is a real word. You became the rock star you wanted to be. You would know. You would. You wouldn't be the Twilight dude that all the my female interns in the studio are going gaga over right now. Yeah, you know, that's just proof that nothing happens as planned in life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff just kind of fall, falls into your lap sometimes, and that's uh, that's the way that one kind of happened. I uh, I had no idea what that book franchise was or anything at the time, and. I met the director, Catherine Hardwick, and she said, well, you know, go home and Google it. And this was the in the, you know, sort of the newer days of Google. So I went home and Googled it and found out it was a, you know, this worldwide phenomenon. And I'm like, all right, I'd like to be in a movie that people actually see. <laughs> um, when you had that dream of being the front man for some rock band, what band was it? Um I mean, what band was I actually in, or what was I dreaming of? No, what were you dreaming about? Yeah, like, you know, being with your head, like the hair going back and, you know, into the whole thing, right? Yeah, well, you know, I was, uh, I was, I grew up in Seattle in the, in the days of, of that whole thing coming up. You know, we weren't really doing that kind of music at all. So when I realized all that, all that stuff was going on around me, I kind of, I kind of got the hell out and went and moved to LA. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, we, we were doing kind of art rock. You know, mm. and everybody else was doing you know the old flip off to the uh, establishment music, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was my back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like your straight shooting. We'll talk about your straight shooting in a little bit because I mean it plays into this uh, character you play in uh, in this movie we're going to be talking about, Divine Access. Uh, Billy, I remember my dad taking me to see one movie, and it was Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jackie Gleason, Jerry Reed, Pat McCormick, Paul Williams, Mike Henry. And those guys, I remember laughing my face off and just thinking, this was, it just looked like insane hilarity, like too much fun. Everybody was having way too much fun. You know what I'm talking about, right? I guess you are me, aren't you, Drew? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be. All, aside from the fact that you were you're born five days before I was. Which oh, really? Is, which is creepy. That is creepy. Uh, turning 50, did that screw with your head like the way it did mine? Not at the moment, but it's starting to now. <laughs> <laughs> now that I brought it up? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really think about it that much until somebody says you're 50. It's weird, isn't so, it? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way to go, Drew. <laughs> Seriously, Smokey and the Bandit, right? That was an influence on you getting into the biz, was it not? Um, I still feel like it was the reason I wanted to become an actor. Yeah. Uh, watching watching Burt Reynolds and that crew, you know, do what they did, 
it just yeah it seemed like too much fun it was like these guys this is what they do to make a living mm-hmm. uh, that's sign me up yeah and the other and thing sometimes it's like that but uh, not all the time no but <laughs> not all the time no uh, let's talk about uh, James Michael Burke, who actually encouraged you to do the acting thing. That's just such an opposite story of most dads in the business. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that he encouraged me to do specifically that, but he did. He did give me a freedom to, you know, to follow whatever whatever path I wanted to follow. He, he was just encouraging no matter what. He said, uh, "You want to do what? Okay, yeah, do that. Give it a shot." And he was always and still continues to be, uh, you know, my uh, my biggest cheerleader. That's pretty cool. Despite the fact that yeah. that you and George Clooney are almost tied for failed pilots, I think I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> other than Jeremiah Johnson, what other movies would you like to have worked on? Well, that's the goal. To me, that's still still the golden age of movies. The the movies in the seventies were made with you know the kind of abandon that we just don't have anymore. Yeah. You know, they were doing it because uh, they were doing it for all the right reasons. You know, and then when the advent of the blockbuster came on, everybody realized, oh, there's lots more money to be made here than we thought. So yeah. that's when movies started to become uh, you know crap. Yep. But but what? Okay. So back back in the day, back in those glory days, what movies? You know. Would you like to have been uh, even before then? Like, what about uh, Ten Commandments, Yul Brenner kind of stuff? Uh, I'm attracted to the simpler stories, yeah. you know? Um, I'm attracted to stories about people, human beings behaving. Um, I don't really care about the epic nature, you know? Yeah. So, the comedies, I would, I would have loved to have, you know, been given the opportunity to, to do comedies first, I can, um, can you imagine you and Gene Wilder cutting a rug? That would have been great. Oh, man, right? Still the single greatest performance in any movie ever is is uh, him as Willy Wonka, right? <laughs> yep. I know you agree with me because you are me. So, Stop yeah. it. 66 boys, man. we got to hang together. Hey, when you were at the Mount Baker ski area, were you like uh, the, I don't know, a stud ski dude, or were you like a chairlift operator? <laughs> <laughs> um, well... At the risk of uh, sounding like a dick, uh, I was kind of both. <laughs> I did everything. I started in the parking lot there, and uh, and by the time I left, yeah, I was running lifts and, uh, as they said back in the day, hot dogging. Yeah, Cascade Mountains of Washington State. Here's an interesting quote from you. I don't mean to sound crass. You can tell it's from you because you, you said, I don't mean to sound crass. Uh, but unless you're playing a boxer, a transvestite, or an astronaut, I find extensive research to be hugely overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know you said that? You know you said that, right? It sounds familiar now, yes. <laughs> um, and I, I think I can still stand by that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't spend a lot of time uh, doing that. I haven't felt the need to anyway thus far. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see when the astronaut pick comes my way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, girls, what's the? Na- I can't remember. Hold on, I got to consult my millennials. Uh, uh, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Thank you. <laughs> see, all I got to do is stutter, and they know what I'm talking about. And she played who? Bella. 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 She played Bella. So, Kristen, is it true that you introduce yourself to her by going up to her in a plane, tapping her on the shoulder, and saying, "Hi, I'm your dad"? Because that's not creepy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent true. Yeah. I mean. You know, <laughs> but one of the, one of the girls, one of the girls here, just said, "I wish he'd do that to me." Did he get sick of this stuff? Good night. That's uh, that's very sweet. Um, yeah, I, uh, 
it was it was more of an attempt to sort of break the ice and uh I don't know. I'm I'm weird. <laughs> thank, thank you for that summation. We're chatting with Billy Burke. He's an actor. That's uh, a way shorter bio. I like that one. So okay, let's get into this divine access thing because it, this is driving me mental uh, to the point where we're actually going to devote sort of the last hour of our show talking about this thing. Stephen Chester Prince, the director, writer, and producer, and Johnny Wonder will join us, and we're going to talk about this movie and so much more. But I, I've been having a hard time describing this this movie to people because it's got, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just tired today and I can't put my words together, but you, you play this sort of, oh, see, this is risky too. I'm just going to say it anyway. You have this sort of Richard Dean Anderson-esque personality type in this movie, this sort of chillaxed, sarcastic, but profound whatever guy who's living in some shack by a pond and you're just kind of whatever guy Did I get yeah that? i had to do a lot of research for that one <laughs> yeah uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> so this this whole thing really is about is there more and also about the manipulation of people and also about you know taking the mickey out of the whole television evangelist stuff a little bit as well right so mm-hmm. um i guess the first legit question i have is why why did you do this you must have had some personal angst inside of you that needed to get this out but i mean this movie is fantastic man and i'm just it's driving me mental why didn't it get the distribution it deserved and what can i do to get everyone watching this stinking thing okay go well it it appears to me that you're doing the best you can to do that which is uh, which is right. great so thank you okay um reasons why it doesn't you know movies like this don't uh, get you know, don't cast a wider net, uh, you know, the beyond me. But my guess is that, you know, people are afraid of this kind of subject matter, you know, when spoken about uh, honestly and and uh, perhaps some some people might find it glib. Um, it's, you know, when I, when I first, when Steve first came to me and showed me the script, I was automatically in love with it. You know, it spoke to me in so many ways. Um, I did you know, I couldn't even define them. And it was, it was funny. I mean, the script was really funny. You know, um, it, it actually morphed so many times from uh, from page to actually what we ended up with in the final cut. Because um, there was just, I mean, there's just so much stuff to tackle. You know, so you gotta you gotta kind of pick your spots. But uh, yeah, first and foremost, what the attraction was uh, was that I found it poignant and yet not preachy. You know? Yeah, I mean, and let's talk about Warburton. Let's talk about Putty. You know, Putty from Seinfeld, he, I don't know, can he play, I, I'm sure he can, this is going to sound like a jerk thing to say, but he just brings that dry thing to every role he has, and and it is, a, he, he plays perfectly off of you, you guys, it's an interesting thing, and his, I actually had a couple of legit LOLs here, ooh, now I sound like a millennial. Gangster. I'm so gangster. <laughs> Word. When I was watching the thing, I was literally busting out loud, and it was, and Warburton had, a, had to do with at least three or four of them uh did you guys uh, did you guys actually crack up like corman and conway on the set at all well that was i mean that's you know he was a great hire by steve because that's exactly what he was there to do i mean i'm not you know i'm no stand-up comedian um so when you put somebody like me in the lead role you gotta you gotta surround that guy with uh with people who offset it with the real yucks you know and uh for that well, I think uh, this divine access, if I get this right, you sort of had this 
sort of underground cult following that happened as a result of you hijacking this uh, cable <laughs> preacher show. And um, it's, it sounds like a similar thing to when you, in the Dill Scallion flick. Yeah. Dill Scallion, by the way, another, I mean, I guess I have a bunch of <laughs> what you might call uh, cult flicks, but uh, really flicks that a lot of people just haven't seen. Um, and, uh, Dill Scallion was, I mean, Dill Scallion, I will say, I've said it many times before, I'll say it again, it remains the, it was the most fun I've ever had doing anything, making that movie. Wow. Um, cause, you know, the nature of it was, we shot the movie in about two and a half weeks, uh, by all of us, cast and crew, getting on a tour bus, leaving Los Angeles, driving across the country to Nashville and shooting along the way. So I don't know how much more fun you can have than that. Yeah. Um, Billy, I, you know, just before we... Oh, we're here to talk about a different movie. I know, I know. But that's what I, I wanted to segue back into Divine Access because, you know, look, I, I grew up in the Jesus scene, right? I mean, I was, I was Mr. Evangelical. I was, no, my children shall not read Harry Potter. I was that guy. And I'm still repenting for much of it. <laughs> and... Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> And so the, I mean, you guys really nailed so much of the insider tribal conditioning and codes and drop phrases and catchphrases. I mean, even the like the opening. I'm not sure if it's the opening scene, but close enough, um, where you tell Warburton to fish on the other side because he's not getting any any fish. I mean, that's just a, that's a scripture thing. Boom, right there. You guys are right yeah. into it. And so I, you know, I want to know whole thing. The, the whole thing is is a not even thinly veiled allegory. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. No. No. So, but but yeah. I want to know, I want to know what you, where did you come from? Like, did you grow up going to church or do you know Catholic stuff or did you have any? Do you, do you have much God stuff in your background? I grew up with virtually zero religious influence uh, whatsoever. I mean, I was. Uh, they tell me I was baptized Catholic. Um, don't remember it, of course. But beyond that. Um, uh, from either my mom's side of the family or dad's side of the family, there were there were really there was nobody pressing me to uh, to think one way or the other. Okay, I mean, everything what li- what little I today know about the religions of the world, I had to find out for myself. And but why would you bother? What what is it? What is inside of you that drives you to wonder about the other? Well, it's just so ever present, you know, in our in everybody's life. I mean, you can't escape. The fact that uh, religion, uh, you know, is all around us all the time, no matter whether we like it or not. So, I don't know. I mean, I felt the need to, to, uh, you know, dig into some of it at least and and figure out, uh, you know, hey, what's the big deal here? What are you guys guys talking about? You know? (laughs) It's like a schoolyard conversation. Hey, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Do you, okay, so I, I rarely in this direct, well, hold on, no, I'm normally pretty direct, but not with this particular question, because I don't want to, I don't want I just don't want to uh, open up a can of worms that you may not want to go into. So you can bail on this, plead the fifth or whatever you need to do, but I want to ask you, like, what do you think, first of all, let me just give you an escape clause here, or make you feel a little bit more at ease. I, I consider myself these days a red-letter agnostic theist, so in other words, you know, the motel Bibles, whenever, if there was a Jesus, Jesus apparently said stuff, and it was written in red in these motel Bibles. So the words that Jesus actually said, I think, are pretty stinking amazing, So, and they were written in red, so red-letter, okay, agnostic. Yep. I don't know, man, I mean, come on, we're talking about 
the invisibility factor here and how do you, you know, so anyway, uh, so I'm a red letter agnostic theist. Theist, I look around the world and it, it reeks of design and purpose and more than, more than. So that's kind of where I've, where I've landed these days. Where have you landed about the possibility of the existence of a god or a creator? Have you landed anywhere? Are you in that sort well, of... first of all, I mean, I'm no, I'm no thesaurus, but I, I believe if you take the word agno- agnostic and, you know, look at its true definition, um, I, I think it can be pretty, it, uh, applied to everyone because nobody really knows. Exactly. You either believe something or, or you don't, right? Nobody knows. That's, that's where I'm coming from. I don't know either. I know what makes sense to me and what doesn't. And you're right. A lot of the words that were may or may not have been said by a guy named Jesus Christ um, were pretty great. Most of them, you know, in theory and, and idea, if we could all a little bit more learn to implement some of those in our lives, I think we'd all be better off. But in terms of uh, congregating to uh, make up rules based on those things doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, I'm getting uh, So, yeah. So, where I fall is uh, someplace, in the, someplace in the middle of the circle where I'm willing to hear all the ideas and pick and choose from them uh, what seems to fit my outlook best. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, director, writer, producer guy, uh, Stephen Chesterfield Prince. Uh, Chesterfield is that is that a, a Canadianism? Chesterfield? I th- I think so. English Canadian. English Canadian. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Uh, I, th- I I think he'll I think he'll appreciate you tacking on the field. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. He'll love that. Um, did he steer you in any direction you weren't comfortable with? Because I've heard he's kind of a pushy director. Um. Frankly, yes. He's uh, he, no. He's not, look. <laughs> he is. He, <laughs> he is the guy. Um. He this. Uh, movie is based on his upbringing his relationship with his mother you know he was sort of thrown into the world of uh of lots of different attempts at trying to understand the different religions of the world and so he's the guy and when you speak to him he'll you know i'm sure he'll pontificate on that he knew that i he i think he trusted anyway that i had a, a pretty good take on where he was coming from so yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of push one way or the other. It was, it was more of, uh, you know, what scene, what scene we're doing today. Um, let's throw it up there and, uh, and see, see what happens, you know? So the things, I've, uh, the things I've heard about him are not true? Is that what you're, is that what you're telling me? That is correct, yes. <laughs> as far as I... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy that you're, you've spoken so highly of him because he's actually on the line yeah, but, with us right yeah. now. Stephen Chester Prince, are you, have you been listening to Billy Burke's like, raving reviews of you? Actually, it's more of a non-answer, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that, that's good. I mean, the, the alternative would have, could have only gone bad. I, I tried so hard to throw you under the bus, and he would not take the bait, man. Yeah, I thought it was uh, I think to his, to his point, you know, I remember originally, and he, forgive me if you've gone over this, when, when he read the script, he, he liked it to the point where he was willing to do any part in it, which I really appreciated. And then I thought about it, and, and it just became obvious that he was the right guy to do it. And then we, we talked about it at length. The reason I hired better uh, a better actor than I could have found and a better actor in the script. So there wasn't a lot to do other than sort of remind him of the big picture, which I never had to do, and then allow him to make it his own 
and uh, and take his own sensibilities because that's what you do. You hire actors to bring something to life beyond what is on the page. But uh, to the credit of what was on the page, that's what attracted him. So he had a good starting place, and then he took it beyond. Uh, so there's no need to push. He's a pro, and he got the material, and he and it resonated, and he, and he killed it. Okay, both of you guys sound so nice that you could be Canadian. Do you realize how gross this is? This just sounds so mushy right now. Look, the, the, my take on Canada is like, uh, to me, Canada, the whole country is in on a joke, uh, on the same joke. But if Americans knew what the joke was, they wouldn't think it was funny. No, that's yeah, it? Nice. Really well said. Yeah. Have you ever heard that before, Terry? No, I haven't. I love it, though. That's good. I like it. And you guys are all in on the same joke as well. President Trump, I think, is that the, yeah. Is that the yeah, yeah, name? Sorry. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that fodder. Um, listen, Billy, I, I want to be a, a man of integrity here at some point in my life, so I might as well start right now and just sort of say, you've given us an enormous amount of time. Would you like to go away now? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's, uh, you know, again, I, I don't want to sound too Canadian, meaning nice, but uh, it's actually nice to do uh, to do one of these things where... Uh, where you're not uh, talking like a popsicle stick, you know. And <laughs> what was it like to work with blah blah blah? <laughs> um, it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been fun, so I appreciate it, guys. Well, I've never been a fan of blah blah blah's work, so I didn't want to ask you about that person. And Billy, <laughs> Billy Burke, listen, I, I really, I want to, I want to encourage you in your music career because in, in case the acting thing doesn't work out, you need to have a fallback, and you're quite gifted in this music stuff. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, is about Gord, uh, tragically hip, by the way. He was great. Those guys are great. So yeah, we've been playing uh, a lot, a lot of hip today, and uh, it's so good to know that cool guys like you two know about the tragically hip. So that's it. That helps us Canadians feel less insecure. Uh, but we'll still. Well, I did grow up in Bellingham, you know, which is right on the border of Canada. Right so on I'm, the I'm, yeah, I'm, and you know what, uh, Billy? There's a monster Jesus camp right near the, in Bellingham. Did you know that? Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> know it know it yeah know it uh okay billy go away man you've just go do what you need to do and thank you very much i'm gonna we're gonna keep talking with uh with uh, steve and john. john uh so much happening I, we're gonna pump this this uh, movie big time uh but in the meantime let's get rid of uh, get rid of that's such a not a night billy thanks for your time good to talk okay. to you right on guys thanks very much okay take care Bye. man Bye bye